0: I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Ray Doro, a civil engineer. Ray, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Kyle. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what a civil engineer is and what it's like to be one?
1: Sure. A civil engineer is uh, an engineer with uh, particular expertise in Making sure that things stay put. So if you walk around or drive around and you see things that are are, are meant to stay where they are, i.e. a sidewalk, a roadway, bridges, buildings, dams, airports, railroads, things like that, we take a good part in designing, building, constructing, and then uh, operating
0: them. Cool. So what kinds of things do you actually do day to day at work?
1: So I'd work, uh, I work with a large team. I happen to work in a consulting field, uh, or consulting company. Uh, so when you become a civil engineer, you can usually take one of two or three paths and you can become a consultant, which is what I did, or you can work for a private industry, uh, or a private ownership of a company. And as a consultant, I have clients all around the world that need my help or need my team's help. So what I do is I help organize the team and then make sure that we can solve their needs. So when they need a design of a dam, then I set my team to work.
0: Interesting. So when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work?
1: Uh, well, I was still in college, and I was I was a bit undecided about what I wanted to do. I knew that I loved math and science, uh, the application of math and science, and and making sure that physics and chemistry played a part in my career. I knew that was going to be the case when an opportunity came up to work for a what's called a geotechnical engineering company. So essentially, it's a it's a specialization within civil engineering where we work in all things ground improvement. So foundations, things that we we don't see under the buildings, under the roads. Um, and I got to work outside. So maybe 80, 90% of my day was outside. It was fabulous.
0: Yeah, that does sound like really nice. So did you consider any other jobs before um, deciding to be a civil engineer? And can you tell us a bit more about the path you took to get here?
1: Sure. Uh, I actually thought I'd become a design engineer for structures. Um, so that's another discipline within civil engineering. Um, but I thought for sure that I was going to work for NASA and help make space structures. And uh, and after a couple of my mechanics classes and uh, advanced physics classes, I said, you know what? I'd rather be outside than be stuck in a, in an office doing calculations. Um, so I let my heart decide where I was going to go and I knew it would, would have to be with boots and a construction vest and a hard hat and going outside and helping, helping things get built. Um, and so that's, that's really what drove me to become a, a civil slash geotechnical engineer.
0: Cool. So what do you like most and least about your job?
1: Well, I like working with people. I like working as a team. Uh, because I recognized that even though I might be smart enough to get all the way through college and get my degree in civil engineering and, and do all the advanced math classes, it's not my forte. Uh, and and what I would really like to do is be on a team with really smart people. And so that's one thing that I really enjoy about my job is is being around and being supported by uh, people that, that compliment me, not in the sense of, hey, you're a nice guy, but compliment me by I have my strengths, they have their strengths, and we can rely on each other.
0: Mm, yeah, that's that's really important.
1: Yeah. And so when we have team projects or we get to do uh, some things I get to do on my own, uh, that is sometimes I get a technical task that I'm an expert in, and that would be a three-dimensional modeling program. Um, so I will get a request from a client or from, from a coworker that says, hey, look. Ray, we, we need somebody to take a look at this dam and look at the dam safety aspects. If it breaks, how much of the, of the water and of the, the material that's behind the dam will come out and how far downstream will it flow? And so I get to use a, a specialized software tool and, uh, it, and evaluate the worst case scenarios of how far that flow would go.
0: Well, now a word from our sponsor. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Kids Learn Careers Podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly supporter of the show on patreon.com slash Kids Learn Careers. Patreon is spelled P A T R E O N dot com slash Kids Learn Careers. You can join for as little as three dollars a month. Again, that's Patreon.com slash Kids Learn Careers. Please join if you enjoy the show. Okay, back to the show. What level of education do you have? Was that required for your job?
1: Yeah, I have a bachelor's in science in civil engineering, and, and that's pretty much your general entry-level uh, education requirement for a civil engineer, for, to become a professional civil engineer. And uh, there are advanced degrees, of course. You can get a, a master's degree, a doctorate's degree in particular engineering fields. Uh, but that wasn't the path that I felt like I wanted to go. There are on-the-job trainings, of course, and then I have uh, a lot of education from different courses that I've taken to supplement my bachelors.
0: Well, what do you think, I mean, you just kind of said uh, this about on-the-job on, on the job training, but what do you think the future education is as it relates to your profession? Like, do you ever see self-education, certifications, obviously on-the-job on tra- on training, replacing a traditional degree?
1: I don't think they'll they'll allow, uh, the, the option to replace a traditional degree, um, but to augment it or to make it, uh, to make it better or to, to make it improved upon by taking supplemental courses, say from, um, right. online courses. Uh, I've taken a couple, um, from, what was it? Me? It I can't remember the name of it, but, um. Uh, There's a a couple of online really good courses that you can Universities offer online courses as well. You don't have to actually seek out a secondary degree. You can take uh, individual courses. And then there's a lot of conferences and trade shows that we get to go to from time to time that'll help us learn new tricks and techniques of doing different analyses.
0: Interesting. So what's something that you wish you'd in town school but had to learn later on in life?
1: Oh, communication skills, I think. Super important. (laughs) By far, yeah. The most important thing that we we need as engineers because there's a joke, Kyle, um, you might have heard it before from, from previous engineers that you've interviewed, but the difference between an introverted engineer and an extroverted engineer is that the extroverted engineer is looking at your shoes when they're talking. Um uh, as opposed to, you know, staying inside and looking at their shoes. So the idea is that being able to communicate uh is, is a really really important aspect of of what I do.
0: Yeah, communication is a really important I mean for everything really. Yep. So yeah, so how much free time do you have? Like do you work at a a traditional 40-hour week more or less?
1: Um early on in my career I I was I was always told okay work your 40 hours work your 40 hours and and that's good and and I've continued to to work 40 hours because that's what I've started with my employer to do um but early on in my career it was very easy for me to be eager to go out in the field and work longer hours and travel more and and be available to help more people I felt like I was I had energy, uh, I could. I had more flexibility, I didn't have kids yet at that time, so it made it better for me and for the company to be able to, to work those longer hours. And at that time, I was working on an hourly basis, but since then, uh, I'm now working on a salary basis, so that means I have a, a fixed number of hours that I'm supposed to work, and if I work more, I don't get paid more, I just get uh, the same amount.
0: Interesting. So are you able to, like, work a lot one week and then not work as much the next week or is, like, how how does that work?
1: In theory, yeah. I I have a bit of flexibility, and and I think as a lot of people have experienced in the last couple of years with their careers, you know, and having to work remotely more so than than in a, you know, typical office setting, uh, we have a bit more flexibility. I can work in the middle of the night. I can work uh, in the mornings. I can take breaks during the day if need be. Um, unless I have a specific meeting or a client call that I need to make. Um, from week to week, I'm still uh, expected to work 80 hours. So if I do work uh, 40 hours or 45 hours, let's say, the first week, um, probably will continue to work 40 hours the next. But in theory, yeah, I could probably get, get away with 35. No, that's,
0: that's nice that you have a little bit of flexibility.
1: Yes, yeah. I have uh, two young children. I have a ten-year-old and a twelve-year-old. I'm, I'm in awe of what you're doing here, but <laughs> that's a different story altogether. My um, ten and twelve, they they have a lot of activities after school, so sometimes it gives me that flexibility to to be able to drive them around and and uh, make sure they get to their events.
0: Yeah, that's that's nice. So, are you able to like work remotely in the office or like a hybrid of the two? And does your job ever require like traveling to a different place?
1: I actually do work from home uh, most of the time. I'm at my home office today, and tomorrow I'll be in my uh, in one of my offices in the Denver, Colorado area, mm-hmm. and uh, and then earlier on in my career, as I was saying, I, I worked for a geotechnical engineering company. Mm-hmm. To, uh, I traveled extensively, but it was all local travel. It was I lived in Northern California, so I I would travel. Um, to Sonoma County, to County, Napa County, Mendocino, so all the localized counties. Um, when I moved to Colorado, I joined a different company and, and we are an international mining, consulting and civil engineering company. And I have traveled to Peru and Chile and Australia, Alaska, uh, Canada, a lot of different places in Mexico uh, for, for my job. And South Africa. I, I actually lived in South Africa for my job.
0: Well, that's really neat i really like that you can travel
1: yeah it's yeah. fun and i've taken my family with me my first child was actually born when we lived in south africa
0: oh that's neat so what advice best you have for young people considering what you do for the job
1: um first and foremost when you're thinking about what you want to do for your job i would do a lot of Introversion, I would think about what makes you happy. What do you feel the most alive about when you're doing it? Uh, It could be a sport. Uh, And as you probably have heard, there's a very few people that actually make it into professional athletics. Um, But don't let that discourage you. If that's your passion, if that's what you really want to do, keep pushing. Um, If you really like math and science and STEM, part of education, Get interested in coordinating with any kind of mentors that you might be able to find. Uh, see what kind of advice they have as far as discovering the the broad array of different careers out there. Listening to you is a huge benefit for sure, Kyle.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. Thanks. So this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best and most worthwhile investments you've ever made?
1: Probably the most worthwhile investment I've I've ever made uh, for myself and a professional recruiter, anyway, is is a book all about finding my strengths. Um, it's it's called Strengths Finder, um, and it's it's all about understanding what it is that makes me tick and how I can help. Bring that to a team environment.
0: Interesting. So, is there a time in your life where you where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, there was a a, a class called um, multivariable calculus and three D calculus. So you're looking at shapes and. Equations and formulas that wow. make the graph. Yeah, it it went over my head the first time I took it. I I really struggled to grasp all of the concepts. Um, but what I took from that was the opportunity to really hone in on my other skills, my other strengths, which were construction, uh, which were I could visualize different shapes of construction and and different shapes of materials being put together for design plans so that's cool
0: so was there a person in your life in your life like a parent grandparent teacher coach or mentor that made a huge impact on you if so in what way and would you like to give them a quick shout out
1: sure um well both my parents uh they've always been really supportive but i think the important person that's kind of like a a cheerleader or somebody who's given sage advice time and time again. has got to be my wife of 17 years. Just never doubted my skills or my abilities. Um, She's always had my back and and always been really, really proud of everything I've done. So glad to call her my teammate, my friend, and my wife.
0: Yeah, that is really nice. So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up?
1: Um, I think I would have pushed a little bit harder uh, when I was a teenager in order to really identify what it is that I wanted to do and and not really listen to the rest of the crowd. Uh, right? Listen to my peers about what they thought uh, was a cool thing to do, or what they were going to go study in, in college. Um, Because I did spend some time in college early on going down a path that wasn't really, for me, it was everybody else's uh, passion. Mm -hmm. So I would say, yeah, spend your hours and your days in high school trying to figure out what it is you really love to do. Go to college to learn more about it and just dig in really, really deep about that subject matter. And then in your last year or two of college, try to find somebody that's willing to pay you to do that.
0: That's, that's really good advice. So you just kind of answered this question a few questions ago, but uh, are there any other books that you think all kids should read and why?
1: Oh, there's a huge list of books. Uh i I'm a huge book fan. I I my both my daughters, they would prefer to read than to, to watch TV or to play video games. Um, which <laughs> I know is not impressive. <laughs> <laughs> but um there I I guess there's two books that I would recommend. Number one um is is all about knowing of, knowing about the what's called the law of attraction. And it's a book by or it's a book series by esther and jerry hicks the book title is called sarah uh, or that's the series title Um, and it's fantastic it teaches us even as adults what it means to self-regulate or when you take a really um really intense situation like a Conversation that makes you sad or really angry, and it helps you deal with it in, in a very calm and peaceful way, so that you can keep moving forward. And then the second book that I would recommend is very on the point here on the noise, is It's called "Do What You Are," and it, it's a book about your personality traits. Right, your mm-hmm. uh, ISTP, or you know, whatever your your personality classification is. And it kind of puts you, it kind of hones you in towards different career paths.
0: That's, those both seem really useful. So, if you can make any one rule that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be?
1: Mm. Be honest and be kind.
0: Good rule. So, I think knowing what not to do is just as important, if not more so than knowing what to do. With that in mind, what's the worst advice you've ever received?
1: Um, I think the best advice is, is pretty similar to what I was saying earlier about when I was in high school, and getting getting advice or getting suggestions and feeling that peer pressure of what it is other people thought I should do or other people thought uh, would be good for me uh, instead of just listening to my, my internal um, guidance system, as it were.
0: Yeah. Conversely, what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work?
1: Oh, something my dad always said is follow your heart, because your, your heart will never lead you astray. It'll always keep you pointed forward towards your passion. Good advice. Money- That's- yeah,
0: money doesn't matter.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Ray. Now it's time for the brand new lightning round. Are you ready?
1: I'm all in. Hit it.
0: All right. If you could have dinner with any famous person, past or present, who would it be?
1: I would like to meet Mahatma Gandhi.
0: That'd be really cool. So what's your favorite sport to watch?
1: Um, I grew up playing baseball, but my favorite sport nowadays, I've really grown a passion for cycling. Cool.
0: So what's your favorite food?
1: Um, pasta with seafood.
0: Cats, dogs, or neither?
1: Oh, dogs. Yeah. Yes. cats. That makes it easy. <laughs>
0: What's your dream car?
1: Uh, less of a car, more of a van to hold all my bicycles, so that I can go on more bike races.
0: Interesting. So, what's your favorite ice cream flavor?
1: Uh, Rocky Road.
0: What's the coolest place you've ever been to?
1: Vieques, Puerto Rico. Um, there was a bioluminescent bay where we get to swim with these uh, with the algae that that uh, glows at night. It was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that sounds really cool. So what's your dream vacation destination that you haven't been to
1: yet? I have not made it out to Bali, and I would love to go someday.
0: So who's your favorite musician?
1: Um, There's a lot, but currently I would say Lin-Manuel Miranda. That's a good one.
0: So what's the best concert you've ever been to?
1: Um, in college, I went to an Elton John, Billy Joel uh, face-to-face concert when they were doing the tours back then.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: So Elton John came up and he was playing Billy Joel songs and Billy Joel came up playing the piano, singing <laughs> John songs. It was, it was phenomenal. It was fun.
0: Yeah, that sounds really cool. Awesome. Thanks, Ray. Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.